0: Love Life, featuring your hosts Rebecca Detman and Jane Dunn. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light.
1: I step into the power of wisdom well-earned. Welcome
0: to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And I really like that affirmation. That's one of my favourites. I step into the power of wisdom well-earned, damn it. <laughs> Very well-earned. We are talking today um, about women. <laughs> so, blokes, if you're listening, I hope there's there will always be something in this for you. Well, there but- is because...
1: You're with women you are. and you are. the sharing understanding sharing the <laughs> of what yeah. women go through is always going to be of huge benefit to the other half of the species.
0: We want to go into menses, cycles, moon cycles, blood, what it means to be innately female um, by virtue of the fact that we have these reproductive organs and vulva and blood and the things that, <laughs> things that make us... Inherently female, but also to look at what happens with with those cycles through the three different stages of the triple goddess: the mother, the maiden, and the crone. So, the first third of your life, the second third of your life, and then, of course, the final third when menopause comes in. And women, depending on what culture you've been raised in, are either denigrated and vilified and and, and pushed into a nursing home and considered valueless, or they're upheld as elders, priestesses, and and the keepers of wisdom. So. We got a fantastic um, letter on Facebook. I always say letter. I just can't help myself. Just so Victorian, darling. You're so
1: Victorian. We got a letter. I hope you all saw Beck's post that she put on our Facebook page, which was, "What is it? You're the chick that listens to gangster rap on the way home from the organic farmers market (laughs) (laughs) in her yoga pants, (laughs) basically." Anyway,
0: we got a letter. We got a DM or a PM on Facebook. PM from somebody who said, "I'd love to hear you ladies talk about the largely lost art." of living in alignment with our female cyclical nature as in ages gone by i mean we couldn't i couldn't have articulated that better if i tried beautifully worded she's beautiful and then she goes on to say how to connect with each phase particular activities to do or not do in each phase of our cycle and generally how to learn to both respect and flourish because of our feminine cyclical nature i love this woman (laughs) It's a fascinating field that I and maybe other listeners know little about and would love to hear your
1: take on it. Do we have a take, Jane? We always have a take. <laughs> we've always got something to say. Do you know how often we sit here and Beck says, what about this for a topic? And I go, I haven't got much to say about that. Or I'll suggest, and Beck will say, I haven't got much to say, but somehow there's plenty to be said. Always. And
0: it's episode 144. So for those of you paying attention to your angel numbers right now, we've got some
1: real angelic love on this one. So go, Jane. You, you can kick it off. Or well, We actually had another message as well, which I can't remember what it was, but it was also asking about menopause specifically. Did we? Yeah. And maybe you've missed that one. And so I thought, I'm keen to talk about this because I'm in the process of going through menopause now. And I've got to stay up front, I don't have the answers, but I'm managing my changes organically, And quite at this stage, effortlessly, I haven't killed anybody, I haven't um, become a raving lunatic, Um, but I am very much making change in my life to embrace this phase of my life. And so I think that it's important that we have these conversations because we are so hormonal and emotional and changing all the time. And I don't want to be one of these people that feels like they're dried up and useless and life is done for the last third of my life. I want my last third to be my best third, and that's my intention. This would be a good time to say that thing that you learnt from the Aboriginal women about menopause. Yeah. um, I was up at Uluru on a a beautiful 12-day retreat, and there was a wonderful elder called Auntie Rose, who's one of the custodians of Uluru and uh, one of the Seven Sisters, which uh, she shares the stories of the Seven Sisters. And I asked her about menopause, and this was, I'm not sure how long ago, maybe about seven or eight years ago. And she said, darling, menopause, you stop the bleeding when you are wise enough to hold the blood within. It's like the knowledge starts to, to pile up. When you can really sit in who you are and what you know and just feel fantastic about Mm, it interesting and I do find I'm feeling more and more beautiful about myself Mm. and yet physically I was describing to a friend a girlfriend a few months ago about how I actually feel like the life in a way was being sucked out of me physically my skin was dry everything just felt dry and tight and Then I went through my tooth trauma, which has led to this beautiful epiphany of of detachment from things that just don't matter. And it's like I've got this better take on life now that has me sitting in peace, tranquility, excitement. I'm manifesting faster than I've ever manifested in my entire life. I'm happier than I've been in a long, long time. And it's come about through really choosing to to shift on what I was holding on to so I'm really detached and fluid and floating with the universe and with all that is in this phase and I'm quite happy if I stay like this for the next third of my life
0: and how do you the
1: menopause responds or reacts to that Vibration. Well, I don't feel dried up any longer. Yeah. It's really strange. I don't. I feel completely fine. I feel beautiful. I feel like I have I never wear makeup anymore except if I'm meeting people for the first time and I do it out of respect for them of what their perception of good manners may be. I, I am laughing at wrinkles, grey hairs, um, hot flushes and really feeling like... I feel like I've earned a gold medal. Mm.
0: Which is an an amazing way to view it, considering you're a Westerner, because if we look at the way women's bodies have been described to us since time immemorial, we're baby-making machines and we're here to perpetuate the human race. And a girl's worth is based on her hymen and her blood-shedding abilities and her her reproductive abilities. The ones that couldn't were outcast or, you know, had their heads chopped off because they couldn't provide sons and heirs, etc. Um... And the minute that they were rendered useless or had their 15 children, they were pretty much cast on the scrap heap, really. Or they were given names like Spinster, you know, things like that if if you didn't weren't seen to be using your, your womb in a juicy way and have, married and having children. You were just sort of a dried-up old, you know, lesbian who lived on the edge of the village with your cats. <laughs> <laughs> Cat lady. And, you know, it was called in, you know, a few hundred years ago, it was always the curse. Of course it was the curse when there was no proper bloody washing machines. It was a pain in the arse. It didn't have tampons. It had nothing. It was a curse, you know. Um, and so, as we know, there's such a heavy negative stigma that's, that's around periods in general and and uteruses you know let's just take them out let's just give women hysterectomies and just remove the part of them that's the most female well the heart sorry the womb is the second heart and people women need to really understand the importance of how much of themselves they hold in that special deep dark feminine mysterious place in that part of the body it's a very 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 special place and it's the first place that anything shows up to do with blocked creativity connection to self Damage, resentment, trauma suffered at the hands of men. You want to talk about endometriosis, you want to talk about period pain, you want to talk about fibroids in the uterus, you want to talk about any number of different IVF or bleeding or other womb period related gynecological issues. You want to go into the emotions of the men in your life or the men in your past lives because that's where you're holding the shit. The pain, the rejection, the grief, the how could you, the you let me down, the you hurt me. It's all in the womb. And then like i said it's also the place of new life and fertility so if you're feeling particularly uninspired depressed lethargic blocked flat uncreative it's because that beautiful orange chakra isn't working the way that it should be properly and we've got this society that is still so disconnected with periods. It's like they're this sort of unpleasant but slightly sterile, politically correct nuisance that just sort of comes along and just pop your little tampon in, You've got little lads with a little blue liquid on the pad and there it is, and then just put on your white bikini and get on a white horse and ride off like they do in the advertisements. <laughs> I'm here to make you laugh, Jane. I live to make you laugh. No, um, You do. And it's just, oh, you know, then you've got all these boys who are like, ew, bodily substances in sex. And it's like, yeah, because we're bodies. We have substances, you know? We have substances. Um, Child Beth oh, I couldn't let... I wouldn't want my husband to see my vagina like that with my baby coming out of it. He'd never want to have sex with me again. I mean, really? <laughs> Gee whiz. And then, and then I want surgery I could... to make my vagina tighter again afterwards because, I, you know, it's all of these bizarre, insecure body image and body-shaming issues we have around what our breasts look like after we breastfeed, what our vagina looks like after we've had three babies, naturally, you know? Um, what How we're perceived in public after we dry up and hit menopause and we're washed up and Hollywood won't hire us anymore and newsreaders can't get jobs anymore and women are just considered old crones and old bitches,
1: you know? Like the... I mean... But you can... It is what you focus on, though. Well, because that, I'm, I'm fascinated listening to you. You've just articulated and spoken that so beautifully. And I'm sitting there going, wow, it is, that is how it is, isn't it? Not my 52 and, years, but it is. But this but is what I point. chose to not how you're gonna, buy that. How What story you're going to tell yourself. Your... And it's
0: so funny. Like, my dear friend, who's probably listening, hi, if you are, she's like, oh, my God, my 14-year-old daughter has school camp with all the girls next week. She's like, it's a fucking full moon. She's like, are they crazy? They'll, they'll all be on their periods on this camp. Who, who booked the dates of this camping trip? I said, darling, most people in the mainstream society don't realise things like that. You realise that, you? She's like, don't they? I'm like, no. She's like, it's, it's mental. They'll have PMT and PMS, and they'll be like menstruating on this canoeing trip. In intense. Who thought up this? And I said, because... First of all, not every woman in society is menstruating on the full moon. Why? Because they're all out of whack. In the old days, everyone knew that the women who had their feet, their bare feet on the earth and lived by the sunrises and the sunsets and the cycles of nature with the seasons, the rhythms, the heartbeats, the oceans pounding, had their periods when the moon was full. I didn't know that. Well, I do. I've got mine right now and it's a full moon in two days. And so they ovulate when the moon is new. So and that's how and then you know they used the moons because it's all about the moon and then when they got pregnant they'd be like okay so now I'm going to count 10 moons and in the 10th moon the baby will appear sometime doesn't really matter when it's just 10th moon time
1: Beautiful. I, I did know about the 10 moons, but I didn't know about the full moon with periods. Yeah. I thought it was more where women sink in with the women that they spend the most energy with. Uh, they, they sink in. And they do that as well through sweat and through hormones and other things that the bodies silently communicate amongst themselves without our knowledge, which is amazing. Because I always think, poor Simon. I, we we <laughs> always knew at the time, this is my gorgeous, gorgeous husband. <laughs> These are three women. <laughs> yes, who when at the time of giving birth to our children doing the sums realised that we'd have two teenage girls as I go through menopause. And so he bought a boat.
0: <laughs> and, and a bulk load of evening primrose oil. There you go. <laughs> Sorted.
1: <laughs> but I feel it is about the story of what you give your focus to because I chose to always, I always have embraced age. I've never lied about my age, never had any desire to. I feel like I've earned this wisdom, not just at this age, but. At 25, I thought that way. At 35, I've always felt that way, and seen age and as going hand in hand with wisdom and life experience. As you said a few podcasts ago, you know somebody who says that she's seven battle scars old. Yeah, you know that, that's so true. And if I meet somebody who is expressionless and perfect skin and no wrinkles and no grey hairs and no no character scars. What if she lived or he lived yeah. a life too safe? Yeah, for sure. And so, if we choose to focus on aging, I guess this is it, isn't it? So we're talking about aging of it being a positive. I mean, I've never felt better in my life emotionally. We've done all the work. You're not. All, I mean, you keep doing it, but all the work that we've done, that all of our love life listeners have done, it pays off. Life gets easier. You could never give me money. You could not give me anything in this lifetime to go backwards in age and to take away the wisdom that I've so earned so hard. So I can only think that it's just going to keep getting better and better. So if you are aware of your growth and your self-development, and if you are aware of how much better you're feeling today than you were yesterday and the better tomorrow than you were today, why would you not want to continue to move forward into old age because it's just going to get better? I'm really, it really makes sense. I'm really astonished by the number of women in their late...
0: Not even that old, mid-30s, 36, 37, maybe 38 that come to me and they're really worried about not being able to have a baby like But They might be single or they might be... Or whatever, but they're saying... Oh, but I haven't got much time left. I'm like, according to who? According to a textbook printed in the 1950s, you haven't got much time left. I'm sorry, there's 56-year-old women in Italy just had twins. Now, your body is only as old as it as it thinks it is and it feels. This is all your emotional reality. How many 36-year-olds are there walking around going on about 25 in terms of vitality? Now not wisdom, wisdom is a different thing. I'm not yes, saying they got yes, the it's... the emotional reality of a 25-year-old, but we see this all the time look at 40 look at Kylie Minogue look at Demi Moore look at Madonna now I know that those are superhumans with like personal trainers and the Hollywood behind them however what age looks like now is not what age used to look like and there's a big shift in perception about how young you can still be this is the whole cougar phenomenon and stuff like women get older they get hotter and more powerful and more sexual exactly
1: dynamic they're they're so in their power in fact I remember it was just around my 50th birthday when I was on it was either Today, Tonight or A Current Affair, one of those shows with Amanda Blair. And that it was talking about um, being 50. And I remember her saying 50 is the new black. I went, thank you, Amanda. I love that. But it's true. Oh, yeah. It is. And I look at my clients at Social 8 that, you know, I'm, I'm matching up and putting at dinners and introductions, etc. And the number of times that I'll have a man that will say, you know, I'm thinking ladies in their 40s, and I've said, you're missing the boat. Women in their 50s have often got so much more to offer. They've got their their shit into gear, and they are dynamic and powerful, and they know who they are, and they are rocking it. And they're not worrying about whether they've got, you know, wobbly, uh, saggy boobs or i don't know tummies that are hanging over jean tops or whatever they don't care about that stuff
0: their kids are grown up their money is usually financially secure they've had their career or careers they may have had their divorces they've learned about their bodies what turns them on sexually they understand they're at peace with themselves they're they're independent their spirituality and wisdom is
1: kick-ass and what about their um empathy and compassion through life experience I mean those women can give so much to yeah, a relationship they've nursed because they've birthed, not they've needing, watched deaths, not, they've, exactly. done, they've done the full cycle This and this again
0: is, is that maiden mother crone idea that of course the first third of your life you're very much the maiden and, and each each phase has its own beauty associated with it. There's beauty to do with innocence, naivety, playfulness, curiosity, childhood. It's a sacred, innocent time. But then there's the time of motherhood when shit gets more serious and and literally the vagina kind of breaks open as birth, you know, the first human comes through you and and there's and even if if you did not become a physical mother like that in this lifetime, there's still the lessons that come in the second, third to do with adulthood, responsibility, self-empowerment, self-awareness, all of that kind of stuff. And then of course the final a third is when you get to put your feet up a little bit because you don't have to do so much of the run around of the physical intensity of the first two, but you're more into the wisdom and you're also perhaps more into your soul purpose and the giving back in a much richer, more wise priestess kind of role. So each third is absolutely beautiful. And can I just say, Jane, that recently um, a mum came to me and she said, "Look, I know you work with teenagers, I know you're spiritual, I know da." da, da, da. She said, "My daughter is." Twelve, and she's just about to finish primary school and start high school, and I would really like some kind of a rite of passage initiation for her and her friends, Beautiful. like they used to do in the ancient world. And I was like, this is so cool. Beautiful. So I said, well, we're going to do it in my garden, and I've I, I sort of channeled slash just figured out what we would do, and I realized very quickly this wasn't just for girls, the mothers. Have to be present, I haven't done it yet. I'm going to do it um, on the day before Beltane, which is called Halloween by those who are <sighs> paganly incorrect and um, not in tune with paganism, anyway. Blah blah blah. I'm talking about the 30th of October, so which here in South Australia is really really deep late spring, like just coming into summer. It's when the blossoms are out, the fertility, the fecundity, like it's all, it's just oh rich with nectar. So we're gonna have those girls in twilight in the garden. And the mothers have to be there. Why do the mothers have to be there? Because this is, you know, the same way a secret women's business, the Aboriginal people would do. Not that I know anything about what Aboriginal people do, but it's the idea that the generations are represented. It's the idea that the wisdom is handed down. It's the idea that the younger girls are extended the arm of the elders and, and brought into the next stage of their lives. They're all on the cusp of menstruating. They're all on the cusp Beautiful. of young womanhood. So the women, I'm going to get the mothers to give advice and wisdom to the girls. I'm going to get the mothers to gather flowers in the garden and and sprinkle them on their heads and bless them and initiate them to bring them into womanhood. I've
1: got goosebumps all over me, now, that God, why, you
0: rock. Why the hell is this not mandatory for every darling eleven to thirteen year old child, male or female? Rites of passage. Every indigenous society understood the liminal phase of puberty and, and the liminal phases between these three thirds of life. From the maiden to the mother to the crone. For guys, I don't know, they've got different, they've got the warrior and the king and the, all the different archetypes, archetypes and, yeah. and stuff. But it's the shifting between, between archetypes or phases that we need to acknowledge to better understand and better love and honour ourselves and the sacredness and the beauty of these things. Your first period isn't something to be ashamed about and to have to feel mortified about and hide about and stain on the back of your dress in high school about and all of that stuff. It should be a time of congratulations. You just gained entry to the next secret club. Come on in
1: and we'll tell you all about it. Beautiful, Beck! <laughs> Beautiful! You've flown all around the world doing these. I think that we should we should get
0: women who are forty eight who never had it done and give it to them. Give them the initiation they never had at twelve. And give it you know like Love it. if you haven't had it, it's not too late. But you can do this for yourselves, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. You know what the guys used to do. I mean, for them, it's all tests of strength
1: and courage and bravery. And um, I would like to suggest pain. To a new career for you. You know, how you have your your marriage celebrants. I would like you to be the ceremonial...
0: Rite of passage celebrant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, anthropologically, I mean, there's people through the ages who had that job. It would be amazing because your words are
1: so perfect and beautiful and your knowledge and, and just bumping it full of love and excitement for the next phase. Because so, we
0: know that the thing, you know how young males between anywhere really in their sort of mid to late teens to early 20s have the highest percentage of the whole population of like car crashes, broken bones, accidents, yes. because they're basically trying to find ways to initiate themselves because in the old days they would be taken out into the woods or the caves or the forest and they and they would say, stay alone for a night in that cave or go and hunt the bison and come back with the horn or we're going to init- initiation like scar and cut you and put bones through your, you know, and we don't, of course, have that anymore. And it's like the young males are going out at a very subconscious primal level, still seeking that, almost like that pat on the shoulder, like the knighthood from society that says, yep, you're a man now. Because how else are they supposed to find that? Wow. Wow. My mind's reeling. Who gives people permission to grow up mm. and, and say, oh, by the way, you just crossed the threshold. We say, oh, yeah, you just finished year 12 and now you're at uni, or you just had your 21st or 18th birthday, and that's all we've kind of got in this society for a rite of passage. And what do you do? Go out and get drunk and get smashed. Wouldn't it be much more magical if your grandfather, your great-grandmother, your godmother, your aunties came and gathered around you and said, we now welcome you as an adult in with us, and we're going to tell you what we've learned the last four, five, six decades. You are now a keeper of that knowledge because you've earned it through a series of maybe tests or trials or things you, you can begin to come into, into this
1: world. I'm a bit excited that I have a 16-and-a-half-year-old and nearly 14-year-old year that we've had this conversation back because I've have time to do this. Yeah, for sure. That's beautiful. To, really good. Back to periods. <laughs> back to periods. All right. Well, I just feel that we need to really be consciously aware that we are moving all the time, that we're never stagnant, that we're never stopped. So while we've gone three phases of your maiden, your mother, and your crone, um, crone see, that's not a very good word. It's, it's Can a we word, just say
0: goddess? No, but it's, it's, it's a word like, excuse my French, if you're sensitive, turn off now, nigger or cunt, which are words which have been reclaimed for their power, particularly the word cunt, which comes from kunti, which is the old goddess word in the Indian. You know, religious. Yes, I think, like,
1: yes. These, that, these yeah. words have been yeah.
0: abused. Like, right. Like a crone has been used by men to point the finger, at, and maybe women to point the finger at old, dried up, washed up women right. that they didn't want to give power to because right. they were scared and threatened by them. The crone is the most powerful. We think of a witch with a hooked nose, don't we? Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Who's not, who's not a witch in this bloody conversation? <laughs>
1: I've got a big nose. Best right? of witches laugh cackle cackle I've even got actually here's another thing with menopause I've actually got chin hairs I've got three chin hairs I call them my male hormones but actually maybe that's my witch's beard coming in (laughs) pretty cool. And <laughs> I, I have a pact with a friend of mine that when we get really old and we can't actually handle, you know, plucking them out that we'll do it for each other because oh there's my. no way that... Well, you know, your eyesight goes and you suddenly look in the mirror and go, how did that thing get there that's now a centimetre long? I didn't notice it before. with like <laughs> the fleas helping each other out. But you've got to find this stuff funny. You've got to find it funny. Yeah. And celebrate it in the way that... It's not the three stages. It is... Fluid that we are always moving forwards. Mm-hmm. And so every day is to be exciting because you're not who you were yesterday. And I think I have actually been committed to that my whole life without realising it, without being really conscious about it. So I became a mum older. I was 36 and 38 when I had my babies. And I by the time they hit um, school, primary school, I can remember looking around the schoolyard and going, I'm that mum. I'm the oldest one here. And yet, as I watched different little dilemmas happen in the schoolyard and children have their little issues, I realised quite quickly that I was also the most experienced. And so I actually handled drama a whole lot better than friends of mine who might have been 15 years younger and had no life experience or wisdom to really pull on and were completely reactionary to things that really just didn't matter. Um, And so I was able very quickly to celebrate the fact that, that I could see the value of being that older mother so you got a choice. You can either spend your whole time worrying about the fact that doing the sums and going, oh, when my child's twenty one, I'm going to be hundred and four, and when my child's, you know, maybe having children in their thirties, I'm going to be two hundred years old and feel sad and <laughs> depressed, or you can continue to find the positive. So it's a discipline of mind thought, and I chose always to find the positive in aging every single time. Yeah. And besides which, what I want to sit here and say, I'm forty two instead of 52 and have people go, Jesus, she looks like she had a fucking hard life. (laughs) Like, you know, we are what we are.
0: Yeah. we're, We're insanely hung up on age and beauty in society for reasons that we've gone into many times and don't need to go into here. But the thing that really upsets me is the horror of the body you know the way that it can be ugly or leak substances, or the way that it lets you down, or doesn't your hair doesn't perform in the morning, or the way that you know my breasts aren't big enough, or my legs aren't long enough, and my bum's not tight enough, and all of these sorts of things.
1: It's, it's. Well, here's oh. the good news when you get to menopause. Well, my experience—I can't speak for anyone else—but mm. my experience is that you actually let that go. Mm. You just kinda You said earlier that's one of the stages to to just let go, and yet I am more creative and more achieving in other areas than i've ever been mm. but in the sense of who i am i'm letting go and it's so
0: freeing and i think Amazingly we have to be careful free. how much body shame we actually take on from the women and from our mothers who came from those generations where you didn't talk about your private parts and you you kept your body you all trussed up and covered up and and all of that kind of stuff or All of the weird things that we get from... from, It's actually usually not so badly from the guys. It's from women by women
1: to women by women. Oh, I think absolutely. And we need to be... I think women even dress for women, they don't dress for men. Exactly. So
0: if I can just tie this back into periods and into our listeners being sensitive, conscious, spiritual people... Can you use your monthly cycle as a chance to actually deepen your spirituality? First of all, by really paying attention to what the body is communicating. If the body is saying you need to slow down, you need a hot water bottle, you need to stay warm, you need to lie down, Yet you need to eat a certain kind of food or you need to cool off, whatever it is, or sleep more or cry. These are all beautiful ways for us to completely get in touch with our physiology, our mental, emotional and spiritual selves have the hot baths, do eat the chocolate, do the nurturing goddess activities, and really enjoy that very sacred time where women used to go into the red tent or into the little menstruating hut to have their private time. It's a it's shedding, it's release, it's crying, it's letting go, it's purging, it's it's a cycle. And then you come back out horny as fuck because all of those hormones are released in your body, you're ready to breathe, which is fertility, new life, creativity, passion, ideas and there it is. Take that energy and ride with it, ride with it, ride with it through the new moon and on you go through your cycle until you start to get a little bit sensitive again and a bit touchy and don't touch me and I feel like that and then it comes back around again. And it's just better knowing who we are through and through, loving ourselves and honouring ourselves for it. I step into the power of wisdom well and You're all well-earned here on this show. You are doing the work and we're so proud of you. And if you'd like any help doing the work, Jane and I are always available for one-on-one sessions. Just go to lovelifeshow.com. We've got all of our other 143 episodes on there. If you need to put into the search bar a particular keyword that's bothering you and that will come up, you can find the episodes that you need to better, you know, find, hone and concentrate on any issues that you may be having. And I want to also
1: just share about my Christmas Colouring In Cards book. I know. So I don't know if everyone's got into the colouring in craze where you colour in for mindfulness, but we've gone one step and I've created this cute little book that uh, is all filled with Christmas cards. So you colour in and have that relaxing mindfulness perhaps colour in when your period's coming. Mm -hmm. And then you tear them out and fold them up and pop them off as a lovely little gift to a friend. Yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Oh, you can get those at my... um, Where can you get those? print-x.com.au I've got it right And uh, we'll also pop it up on our Facebook page.
0: So until this time next week, have fun embracing your womanhood, getting in touch with yourself, the cycles and natures and rhythms in life and being super creative. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening And it's a beautiful day